Let me get a little bit of this tea. I got this yerba mate tea. Man, I uh, I swear by it. I was making a list of things that really get me going today. That was the uh, the mug hitting my tooth. Anyway, I was making a thing of a list of things that get me going. And yerba mate tea, man, I like the ice ones that you can get at those high end convenience stores, and I like just the straight up leaves. You know, you drop that in a little bit of hot water, a little bit of honey, and it's it is a good time. You feel feel different, man. It's not like a not like you're getting high off tea. You know, it's this is just some regular generic sort of tea. You could buy this in the tea aisle at your local Kroger, but still, it's um, it it just it feels different. You know, you feel like you're in the zone. Anyway, how are how are you doing? How are, it's so good to uh, so good to finally be doing this again on a more regular basis. You know, the holiday season really gets to me. It's all these little things, moving parts. But, you know, I'm just trying to read the Bible, honestly. You know, I've been telling you, I'm not like some sort of Bible person, you know? Like, I don't know, like, all these things about the Bible. I'm not some sort of Bible authority. But, you know, I want to read it, and I figure I've got all these weird thoughts that are floating around, and maybe you like to hear some of them, too. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong, you know? But you keep coming back. Or maybe this is your first time. You know, this, you're uh, fresh on the scene, and you're what is this? I stumbled onto a tea podcast here. It looks like I listen about tea. And now he's just out of left field talking about the Bible. Now this is Ian reads the Bible, where Ian myself reads the Bible. Today we're in Matthew, dude. We're just cranking through Matthew. It's slow, man. I will tell you that it's it is slow moving. We we're starting in like um, starting from Matthew one, obviously, but today we're gonna pick up. You know, last time we did Matthew twenty two. We only got through one chapter, you know, and now um, we're doing Matthew 23. So that's cool. It's not even a big deal, but let, let's do a recap, you know. Let's do a recap. You remember last last episode? You know, Jesus is, um, what's the context here? The, things are going downhill. You know, he, uh, he was born a little baby and things were good. And then uh, the king tried to kill him and then he ran. His parents took him away and then. You know, back and forth. Anyway, he ends up starting to do some miracles. He's doing some miracles, and people are starting to vibe with him hard. Like people are really into it. People are running up to him, trying to like get a get a picture for Instagram. They're trying to get a little little selfie. They're trying to get trying to get they're trying to touch his clothes because these people have in their mind that man, if I just touch Jesus' clothes, that's enough. That's enough. That'll cure me of all my ailments and diseases. So that's what all these people are trying to do. And they're, they're into it. Now Jesus is making his rounds, making his rounds, making his rounds, but he start, things start to get dark and he, he, uh, he's starting to go cold a little bit and he tells his disciples, listen, they're going to try to kill me. They're going to try to murder me. Who's they? It's like the government and like the church. It's like everyone. Pretty much everyone but the people. The people are into him, most of them. The people, yeah, Jesus, Jesus is cool. You know, he... Uh, you know, he healed my my servant. He healed my blindness, you know. He healed my healed my paralysis and now I can walk again. You know, it's a good time. Jesus was a good dude, right? Yeah, but he's flipping things on for the you know, it's the government is not into him. The government, the uh, you know, the government doesn't even care as much as the the church does. The Pharisees and the Pharisees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're like not about it. Remember last time? So that was that was the thing we talked about last time. Is that the Pharisees? They're kind of like the um, the conservatives. They're like they're like these uh, 
they're like these legalistic people. They're running around. They're not like they're not messing with. They're not messing around. They're here to take things serious. They're here. They're like this is this is the scripture. This is the Torah. Remember, there's no Christian Bible at this point. There's just there's some scrolls, the Old Testament stuff. There's the Torah. There's like the books. There's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Deuteronomy, you know, it's it's some early stuff, and they're following it. Their letter of the law, that's like everything, you know. Um, then there's these Sadducees, and they're kind of like the religious leaders too. There are these kind of scribes in the church, but they're they're more, they're different. They're like from a different different part of it. They're like, um, man, they might be a little more like Presbyterians, you know. They're a little bit more like the Presbyterians. The Pharisees are more like the Baptists, and they're like, you know. Th- Pharisees are, you know, not not a great time. They're they're, they're cool, but they're legalistic and they're uh, super religious. The Sadducees are a little bit more like um, they don't really like believe in miracles as much. They don't believe that there's like the resurrection. Um, they're more like uh, politically inclined, and they're they're also more fans of the government too. The Pharisees are kind of against Rome and everything that's going on and the government that's there and. Uh, Sadducees are kind of like they're kind of vibing, you know. They're kind of vibing with it. But this is a long intro, anyway. That's but this is like really what we talked about last time was a conflict with the Pharisees and the Herodians. Herodians were like another kind of Sadducee. But anyway, you know, I don't want to get too into it. Remember, I'm not a Bible person. I don't know what I'm talking about. But the ultimately, the Herodians go up. They're like, dude, we're gonna take down Jesus. People have been trying to take down Jesus forever. Like, get the fuck out. Honestly, now you think you're going to win? You know, the Herodians are coming up to him. They ask, uh, they, uh, teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in truth and defer to no one. But you are not partial to any. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to give a poll tax to Caesar or not? And so they're, they're trying to mess with them. And the Herodians are, they're into Caesar. Remember, they're kind of like the Sadducees and so they're like, yeah, 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 Caesar, the Roman ruler person, like, yeah, yeah. Is it lawful to give tax to him? And so they're thinking, like, that, uh, you know, if Jesus says yes, then, well, he's not really he's not really as high and mighty as he thinks he is. You know, he's like, oh, it's me. I'm the son of God. And then uh, make sure you give your taxes to Caesar because, you know. That's the right thing to do. But if he says no, then he's in a world of trouble. If you're out here saying, yeah, yeah, no, it's not good to pay taxes, well, then, like, these tax collectors are going to come, they're going to they're gonna come mess them up. They're going to come through, you know, they're going to come through and uh, they're going to they're gonna take Jesus down because at that point, Jesus is good standing, like, everything's cool, everyone's chill. But if he's like, yeah, no, don't give your money to Caesar. Like, get get out, it's over, you know? So they try to mess with him. The Sadducees... Try to do the same thing. And anyway, Jesus in the end says, give the Caesars what is Caesars and God the things that are God's because it's Caesars, you know, it's his face on the, the coins, right? That's his argument. He actually leads it off. Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? That's, that's how he leads off when the Herodians, Herodians try to talk to him. And then the Sadducees kind of come and do the same thing. Um, yeah, they do something weird with like uh, children and... Um, yeah, guy uh, dies and his brother marries his wife. It's it's a weird deal. It's it's a long deal. Listen to the last episode. And then the um, now the last one is the Pharisees, and Jesus asked them a question. 
what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And then the Pharisees, they'd be like, uh, the son of David, because the uh, Messiah is supposed to come from the line of David, which uh, in the beginning of Matthew, we see that Jesus does. So checks out. He said to them, then how does David in the spirit call him Lord? Him being God, Lord being, you know, God too. How does David call God, God, you know? How does David call, if David's like the father of the, the savior of the world, how is David out here being like calling him his own son God? You know, that doesn't make any sense. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. David calls him Lord. How is he his son? You know, how, is, how does this make sense? They weren't able to answer. Nor did anyone dare ask him another question. No, it says, nor did anyone dare from that day ask him another question. So it's like, this is it, you know? So that worries me because if you're, you're telling me that no one's asking Jesus questions, then you're getting close to, to the end, right? And like, I'm flipping through, uh, you know, it's not good. We're uh, 28, 28 chapters total, we're at 23. So we're, we're closing in on the, the end times here. You know, not to spoil it. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, anything could happen. But, um, yeah, so that's where we are. That's the last, that's, and, you know, no one asked him another question. That's the last verse before 23. So let's just get into it. This has been a, a little bit of a longer intro. This will be a good one to start at, actually. I might tell people start at 11 because these uh, some of these first ones were a little rough, you know, getting off the ground. But this one, let's get into it. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, All that they tell you, do and observe. But do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. It's interesting. So he's coming through like, do what they say, not what they do. Because these people are a little bit hypocritical. But they're taking taking place of, you know, Moses, Moses Moses is like the, besides Jesus, he's like the biggest in the Bible. For the, the Jewish people, he's like the number one. Moses is the one. They've seated themselves in the chair of Moses. So they've seated themselves in this place of authority, you know? It's this place of authority, and they're uh, they're uh, saying that they have the power, you know? They're putting themselves in that position. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's cool, you know? But do what they say, not what they do. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves are unwilling to move them so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. For they brought in... Ooh. This is the tough word. Philar... Oh, man. Philarchides? Phil- Dude, I think I got I think I got some sort of reading thing here. Phylacteries. 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 Dude, this is taking me too long. For they brought in their phylacteries. Phylacteries. Yeah. And lengthened the tassels on their garments. Their phylacteries, phylacteries, and lengthened the tassels on their garments. Sorry about that. Thank you for keeping it. For they do all the deeds to be noticed by men. For they brought in their phylacteries and lengthened the tassels on their garments. 
They love the place of honor at banquets and chief seats and synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. And who doesn't, you know? You love running through that marketplace and you got your long tassels and your wide phylacteries. People be, oh, look at that. That's a Pharisee. What's up? Hey, good to see you, man. Yeah. We all like those greetings. Maybe they like them a little too much, though. They love the place of honor at banquets and chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Being called rabbi by men, isn't that nice? You know, you're running around and these dudes calling you rabbi. What's up, rabbi? Good to see you. But do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father. He who is in heaven, do not be called leaders, for one is your leader. That is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Damn. Ah, man. You know, I don't... It's one of those things that you just... It's hard to put this into words, but this is a big deal, right? This is a huge deal. Do not be called rabbi. I mean, you can switch it up. I don't give a fuck, you know? I don't give a fuck. Dude, it's finally some peace and quiet in here. The, the heater. I, my room is right, my little alcove is right next to the heater. It gets so loud, but they turn off the heater. It's all, oh, man, it's a lot better in here. It's nice and peace and quiet. Good. Okay, but listen, listen, you know? You probably couldn't hear that anyway. The point is, you swap that with pastor, you know? Like, um... Do not be called pastor by men. For one is your teacher, you know? Do not be called pastor. You know, it's like a rabbi is kind of like a teacher, a little bit of a, like a Christian pastor sort of thing. Like, no, don't fall into that role. Do not call anyone on earth your father. For one, and one in here is capitalized, capital O-N-E. One is your father. He who is in heaven do not be called leaders. Don't even be called leaders. Are you kidding me? Like, you know how many leaders we have? We got some big leaders. We got some big leaders. We got, we got a new leadership change in, our, in the uh, US of A. It's a new leadership. But he's saying, don't, don't, do, don't go down that road. One is your leader. That is Christ. And this is Jesus saying that is Christ, you know? So I think there's a good differentiation here. That it's, uh, I've talked about this before, but like a lot of people, some people think that Christ is uh, bigger connotations than just Jesus himself, but more of like the unifying redemption of, of this whole story, right? Of this whole, this whole Bible and all of us. That's Christ. One is your leader. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's that's not always true like in in like everyday life and maybe Jesus means something different than what I'm talking about or what I'm thinking, I mean. But Dude, I'm I'm looking at the uh the footnotes here. This is so embarrassing. But I'm finally looking at the phylacteries. Phylacteries. They're leather boxes containing a parchment on which is written in four columns. These are worn by men during prayer. 
and they've got little pieces that have scripture in them. So you broaden those things, make them more, make them more obvious. You're running around with little pieces of Bible verses and leather, leather little satchels just uh, tied to your body. So it's a different kind of look. But back then, that was a that was a good look if you're a a Pharisee. Anyway, what are we talking about? Yeah, but that's true, right? Like uh, it does seem true sometimes with the being humbled and being exalted, because it does seem like, man, if you're going to exalt yourself, eventually you're going to fall. You know. You're gonna you're gonna boast and brag. You're gonna be all high and mighty. You're gonna be all cool. You're gonna be all, you know, you know. You're gonna be all suave, suave, running through the streets. And then you, uh, dude. Eventually, eventually, it all comes crumbling down. Someone, you know, someone sees you, you, you in your car, and you, you're digging for gold. You're picking your nose or something. Someone catches a picture, and now suddenly, uh, you're this tough guy running around. You're this tough guy running these streets, and then uh, circulating this uh, picture of you uh, picking your nose, you know. And then it's like, wow, you know, that guy, you know, check him, you know. But um, yeah, it's it's different. It's different. And then the other one is, you know, if you're humbling yourself, then people are going to be like, no, 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 you're good, you know. So I was like, no, nah, you know, I, I appreciate it, but I'm just doing the best I can. So I must be like, no, you, you are the bee's knees. You're the cat's pajamas. You're coming through, coming through strong. So uh, that that seems to be true. Now there are some people that seem to exalt themselves, and um, even in that, continue to be exalted by others. You know, there's some people that are pretty confident, maybe even arrogant. You know, people like that sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes people are split, you know. Some people listen to Kanye West go on these rants about how he's the greatest ever and he's the new Einstein, and half the people are like, damn, I'm in, you know. Then the other half of the people are, who is this guy think he is? He needs to knock it off. And then, you know, Conor McGregor too, you know. He's the best in the world. I'm the best in the world. He's so he's all cocky and arrogant coming out into the ring. And then uh yeah, some people just love that. And some people just want to see him fall. You know, some people wanna some people wanna just see him tap, you know. But I remember I was one of those people when I watched him tap, I was like, man, I didn't want to see that. I wanted to see him wanna see him victorious. You know, I like that there's heroes in the world that are seemingly unstoppable. But but anyway, we're getting we're getting caught up in the details here. Jesus condemns the Pharisees, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses. For a pretense, you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. So he's a woe to you, you know. When you say woe to you, that's serious. Scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people. Because you're not going to, you're, you're not going, you're not leading anyone in. You're not going in yourselves, you know. You're not, you're not doing it. Woe to you, dude, he's just going on. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you travel around on sea and land and make one proselyte 
a Gentile converted to Judaism. Um, I think I think that's all it is. A Gentile. This is what it says. This is what it says. A Gentile converted to Judaism. Yeah, I don't know. A Gentile convert to Judaism. You um, travel around on sea and land and make one proselyte. And he becomes one. And you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Damn. What the hell? This is some some next level stuff. Woe to you. This is like Jesus coming in like fire brimstone, but it's it's on the pastors and the, like the church people. You know? You might be like, oh, well, Ian, you know, got to knock it off. It's not like church people, not like today's church people. No, of course. It's about, it's then church people. It's the Pharisees. I've been telling you that. Woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obligated. Ooh, man. Now that is, you know, these other things I'm kind of like honestly drawing blanks on, but that is something I'm getting behind. So you blind guides, you referring to the same people, you know, these Pharisees. It's like not a big deal when you swear by the temple, but if you swear by the gold in the temple, and I don't know who's swearing by temple or gold in temple, I don't know, but it's essentially valuing the gold in the temple more than the actual what the temple represents. I think that's how I'm taking it anyway. You fools and blind men. Which is more important, the gold of the temple that has sanctified the gold? I'm sorry, let me repeat that. Which is more important, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, that is nothing. But whoever swears by the offering on it, he is obligated. Oof, man. It's like these guys are missing the point, you know? You guys are all caught up in these, um, caught up in these traditions, you know? Maybe, maybe not, not even like traditions necessarily. It's like... It's just the wrong side of it. You're looking at, um, it's not even the source. You're not even looking at the source. Like the temple makes the gold sanctified. The temple makes the gold sanctified, but you're saying that the gold is more important? And the altar is where the offering is placed. The altar is like the the gateway to God. You know, you put the, Put the offering on the altar, and then you're saying swearing by the offering. The offering's the important thing, but no, it's it's where it's going. You know, it's what it, what it means. That's what's important. The altar. You blind men, which is more important, the offering or the altar that sanctifies the offering? Therefore, whoever swears by the altar swears by both the altar and everything on it, and whoever swears by the temple swears by the temple and by him who dwells within it. Mm. Yeah, you're just swearing by gold. Now, Jesus is saying earlier, don't swear by anything. Just let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. Everything else is from the evil one. But now he's kind of he's kind of taking a different approach to it. If you're swearing, then you're swearing by uh, swearing by everything. And whoever swears by heaven swears by both the throne of God and him who sits upon it. He's coming in hot. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill, cumin, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. 
But these are things you should have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Now, I don't know exactly what that last line means, but I was picturing, uh, you know, I'm talking about this tea, right? I was just drinking this tea earlier, and I got a new uh, little the metal thing you put loose leaf tea in so you can brew tea because I didn't get those tea bags. I got a big old bag of loose leaf yerba mate, and I put it in a little, uh, it's like a little colander, a little mini like strainer, you know, bulbous looking thing, and it didn't filter out, so there's some tea leaves floating in my tea. And so I'm just thinking like you strain out a, talking about strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Imagine if I had a little gnat in here, and I'm like, ooh, better get that bad boy out. About the size of a tea leaf, almost didn't notice. But I don't want a gnat flying around there. But then imagine that, you know, I miss the fact that there's an entire camel, you know, one of those double-humped camels floating around in my tea, and I, I don't even notice, and I just swallow it. Huh. I worked really hard to get the uh, camel out. I mean, the gnat out. <sighs> Words, you know. But he's saying, like, you did the, you tied the mint and dill and cumin. Now, from what I'm telling, that's from what I'm understanding, it sounds like that's weak shit. And as far as I can tell, like, just based on the context of my life, that's weak shit, you know? Someone came up to me and was like, oh, yeah, I give offering. Hey, what'd you give? Yeah, I put a little bit of mint and some dill and a little bit of cumin in the offering plate. This almost sounds like Jesus is making a joke. Like, that sounds like a joke to me. What'd you uh, put in the offering plate? Oh, I look, put uh, pickle seasoning. Yeah, I put a little pickle seasoning in there, a little dill. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Hmm. So Jesus is saying, listen, you're doing like the bare minimum. This is such weak shit, but you're neglecting the fact of the justice and mercy and faithfulness. Those are the things that this is about. Like that's the big picture stuff. You should have been doing that without neglecting all those things. If you were getting it down to the point that you were offering dill and cumin, cumin, then at least you should have been doing the justice and the mercy stuff. Come on. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. Oh, man, this is hitting hard. And, you know, he's talking to Pharisees, but, you know, I think sometimes we all get a little bit of Pharisee in us, you know, sometimes. Sometimes we all get a little bit of that, uh, you know, we're polishing the outside of the cup, but the inside's dirty. And so as far as everyone else can tell, we're drinking out of a clean cup. You know, speaking of which, yerba mate tea. That's good stuff. But, you know, the outside's clean and the inside has just got all sorts of filth in it. And that's kind of what these, these scribes and Pharisees are up to. And dude, like, remember, and this is this is going to be walking out onto limbs that I have no right being on, but we're reading in our little notes here about the Sadducees. There are some scribes, you know, or the Sadducees.
where the Sadducees, well, yeah, we learned a little bit about them last time, but they're a little bit more political. They're a little bit more political. And they're a little bit more of uh, into the Romans sometimes. You know, the Herodians were into the Romans, and a lot of the Herodians were Sadducees. And the Sadducees were, um, now I'm trying to go back. I'm trying to remember. I believe the Sadducees were, were scribes. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's what I'm trying to get at. What were the Sadducees again? Man, I can't. Where do we, where do we do a little bit of research on that? I'm having, having some trouble. Yeah, and then the scribes, scribes were like Pharisees too. I, I looked back, found some notes. The scribes, sorry about a little bit of dead air there. The scribes are like Pharisees too. So the scribes and the Pharisees are all the church people. The, um, they're the people that know the law really well. They're like the high and mighty. They got their shit dialed. You understand? They got it dialed. Yeah, so he's saying, hey, listen, all you motherfuckers got it dialed. Hypocrites. Hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish so that the outside may become clean also. Yeah, what are you doing? You clean the, uh, you know, who, who's cleaning the outside? It's like cleaning the bottom of a plate. You ever clean the bottom of a plate before you clean the top? No, you always scrub the top off. You just do a double check on the bottom and make sure the bottom's okay. Same with a mug. Get that inside shit out of there first, you know, and then you can clean the outside, but clean the outside first and there's going to be all this, yeah. You want, you've cleaned the mug before. I don't know why I'm explaining this to you. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which have the outside appearing beautiful, but inside they're full of dead men's bones and uncleanliness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So that's what's interesting. He's saying that inside, you know, outside you're keeping the law, but inside, like, you're not even getting the point of it. You're not even getting close. You're like a tomb, you know? The outside's good, but the inside, everything, hypocrites. Jesus doesn't like him. This is the first time he's gone on this woe to you rant. He said woe to you so many times. We're at like seven times, eight times. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, nine times. Hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had been living of the days of our fathers, we would not have been partners with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Mm. So you testify against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then, measure the guilt of your fathers. Oh, fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell? Whoa. So apparently some of the prophets got killed and um, yeah, that was on uh, kind of like the Pharisees, old Pharisees, not this generation Pharisees, but some of the Pharisees of the past. Fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers. How will you escape the sentence of hell? 
man, he's going ham right now. This is some some dark shit. Therefore, behold, I am sending you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them I will scourge in your synagogues. So I'm sorry, not I, you. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city so that upon you may fall the guilt of all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous, Abel, to the blood of Zechariah, from A to Z. Dude, I don't know if he intended that because I, I don't know if these names are actually, you know, I think these are like the translations of these names, Abel to the blood of Zechariah. And the son, I don't think it's A to Z. I think it's just this English translation. The son of Barakiah, 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 whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Man, Jesus is saying, man, I'm going to send you some good people. You're going to kill them too. Prophets and wise men and scribes. You know, that's one thing. No one's called a wise man anymore. I don't even know if we really have prophets anymore, but we don't have wise men, you know? We just have like a bunch of podcasters. Just have some podcasters, you know? And some thought leaders. Bill Maher. And uh, Jordan Peterson. And, you know, Joe Rogan. And Ben Shapiro, these uh, these wise men, quote unquote. I wonder if that's what these wise men were. I don't know. Probably not. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and person. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to send you good people, and you're gonna you're gonna kill them too. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her? Oh man, now he's going after the whole city. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I just say to you, from now on, you will not see me until I say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Man, Jesus is going trippy again. You understand? This is crazy. It doesn't really even make sense to me. So he's saying, listen, it's going, it's going, things are going south here in Jerusalem. I wanted to get you all together. I wanted you to have a good time. You were not down. Your house is being left to you to desolate. For I say to you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So it's not clear what that means. My initial takeaway would be that, um, we're not going to see Jesus again until people are people are all on board with him. You know, he's he's kind of like he's kind of like he's over it. You know, fuck this party, man. I'm out. You know, I tried to be cool with you. I gave you all these miracles, but see, Jesus was Jesus was kind of cool before. You know, now he's gone dark. Jesus has gone dark. You know. No, I'm not coming back until you guys say that I'm cool. You are not going to see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's not happy. He's not happy. He said, woe to me like nine times. I've never said woe to me to anyone in conversation. He's just, he's just going off. He is just going off. 
Yo, I honestly, if you want the truth, I want to keep going, but this next one is a pretty long chapter. Let's see where we at. Let me just log on here to the uh, mainframe. Because this is like crazy. And I hate ending every episode with Jesus just going off on people. Look, this one's not too long. You know, this this episode, we haven't... You guys want to keep going? You're shaking your head. That's funny. We're doing it. This episode is chapter 23 and 24. We're going in, you know. What did you think this was? <laughs> what did honestly? No, 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 seriously. What did you think that we were gonna do? Do you think we we're just gonna slow down? Think we we're just gonna chill? Just go, all right. Well, it's been thirty-five minutes. Have a good rest of your week. No, no. We are in this Bible. If I'm gonna read the whole Bible, how do you think I'm gonna finish it? I gotta get cranking. I gotta get cracking, cracking down on some of this content, the sweet, sweet content. Jesus came out from the temple and was going away. So. No one's asking him anything. You know, he's just he just goes off on this rant, this woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. You know, sound like Migos in there. Hey, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Skirt, skirt, yeah. <laughs> Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, he said to them, do you not see all these things? Truly, I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. Man, Jesus, every verse here is heavy hitting. The temple, the prized temple that people were swearing on the golden side, it now, uh, now they're tearing it down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things happen? And when will the sign of your coming? And when will be the sign of your coming? And when will be the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and mislead many. Oh, excuse me, just a second. My apologies. It's getting a little hot in here. Some of the scriptures really heating me up. Some good stuff. You know, I had to take off the hoodie. Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Man, you don't hear of rumors of wars anymore. You just, they just happen because you know everything. Because imagine, imagine if someone was just like, you know, there's a war right now in, uh, you know, in, um, in, uh, there's a war in, man, I'm having trouble thinking of, you know, in, 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 uh, in the Netherlands, there's a war. Someone told you that? Hey, just Google it. No, there's not. There's not a war there. Oh, you're right. They're just talking about, imagine Bible times, just rumors. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, the Romans are going at it with uh, the Greeks. Oh, shit. Is that for real? That, that's just what I heard. <laughs> that's just what I heard. I don't know. Oh, damn. Well, I'm, 
find some people to corroborate the story. Other people are saying that too. Yeah, yeah, so-and-so told me that. But now it's just like, uh, nope, that's not true. Rome and uh, Greece, not at war. All chill. Oh, well, good. Okay, good to know. But there's rumors of wars here. Now we got to get cranking through. I can't be all these tangents. You'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. For those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all of these things are merely the beginnings of birth pangs. It doesn't say pains. It says pangs. Like, uh, like pings or pongs, but pangs. They will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Ugh. He's talking to his disciples. So he's talking to his disciples. Let's be clear about that. You understand? He's talking to his disciples. Are we supposed to extrapolate this on to everything else? Uh, everyone else, I should say. Are people going to hate everyone else because of his name? Is he just talking about like, oh yeah, in the next 30 years, you know, until uh, 30 AD, or it's a little later, 60 AD, there's going to be a lot of wars, rumors of wars, some earthquakes, but don't worry, it's just, or is this like a big picture sort of thing, like maybe something that we could be experiencing or our great, great, great grandchildren could be experiencing. This is like deep future stuff. But these are all the things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. They will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Oh, man, this is sad. What kind of pep talk is this, Jesus? His disciples are just staring at each other. Huh, okay, well, I think I'm going to take up wine again because this is a real bummer. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. That doesn't even sound good. That doesn't even sound like, that's not even like a positive note, you know? No, 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 listen, everyone's going to know and then it's going to be over. What? What? Are you kidding me? Well, maybe we should just chill out, you know? Maybe we should keep it a secret from some people. You know, like that, like you uh, keep a straggler so you don't, you, don't, you don't end the world. Just keep it a secret from some person in Tibet. Don't tell them about Jesus. Because then the end will come. I don't know what the end is. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, and that's in, uh, that's in all caps, the abomination of desolation, which was spoken, spoken of through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Um, that doesn't make sense. This is, this is some parentheses stuff. I'm sorry, you know, the Bible's got some weird formatting that uh, I'm, I'm going to skip some of this. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Whoa. 
Whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get the things that are in the house. Whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. But pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be a great tribulation, such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will, unless those days had been cut short. No life would have been saved, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe them. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or behold, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and the flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpses, the vultures will gather. Man, this is dark. You know, this is some dark, heavy stuff. This is talking about, see, it, it sounds like he's talking about some literal, some literal stuff, you know? I could be wrong. This is like the first time that I've ever read anything that's actually got me a little shook that I want to like go understand it a little deeper. I'm going to go ask some people maybe after this episode, kind of get to the bottom of it. Maybe I'll even, maybe I'll even uh, drop in a little bit of truth in the, um, the next episode about what I find out if I find out anything. I don't know what the abomination of desolation is, but it's probable that his disciples would have known. But, you know, it's interesting. Like he's talking about what sounds like literal things. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get the things that are in the house. Whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. He's saying, no, no, you just got to, if you're in Judea, you just got to get the fuck out. You know, (laughs) like this is no waiting, like get out immediately. And like, if you're nursing, yeah, you're boned. You know, if you're pregnant, if this day happens to fall on the Sabbath, yikes. So it sounds like a literal thing. Like, you know, it's actually given some pointers. Yeah, you don't want to be pregnant during this time. Okay. I'm wondering if this already happened, you know. I'm wondering if this, I wonder if this either is never going to happen, if this is maybe some bullshit, you know, Jesus is spouting off. Maybe it's going to happen in like another dimension. Maybe it's going to happen, you know, next year. Maybe it already happened. Maybe it happened in the, like the, the 60s or something. I don't know. I don't know. The abomination of desolation. And then a bunch of false Jesuses are going to be popping up. Oh, here's Jesus. Don't believe him. Oh, here's Jesus. Because it's going to be like lightning across the sky. Everyone's going to know. Lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. You're going to know. Like, you're going to know. If someone says, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Jesus is in Albuquerque. He's in, he goes to a church there, and um, he goes to the Second Baptist Church. No, no, that's not Jesus. Because it's going to be everywhere. You know, look up in the sky and be wherever the corpses, corpses, the vultures will gather. That's interesting too. I, I think it's like talking about. Um, I think the vultures are the fake Jesuses. You know, 
the world is kind of coming to a close and now there's these fake Jesuses. That's just what it is, you know. But immediately after the, back, back, back to the Bible, back to the Bible. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. And the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky and all the tribes of the earth will mourn and see the son of man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Man, can we go back to... Old town, Jesus, come on. This is... Can't Jesus just turn some water into wine? Oh, that was so much better. That was so much simpler. You know, that was better. That was more fun. Jesus, thank you. He made the blind people see, but now he's turned cold. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's ice... He's just, he's just telling it how it is at this point. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. The son of man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. A great trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to another. So it's going to be a big deal. Like you're going to be able to look up and see it. Skies, stars falling. It sounds like, like our solar system collapsing, honestly. It sounds like maybe the sun, like turning, going supernova, or becoming like a a red giant or something, kind of swallowing up the planet. Because the sun is way bigger than we are, so much bigger. We're just circling around the sun, you know. Maybe he's talking about like a literal. Uh, that's how the world ends, you know. That would make sense. At some point, the sun scientifically has got to burn out, and uh, this world will not be sustained. You know, fingers crossed, Elon Musk, let's make it out of here. Let's get to Mars, you know, let's get to some other planets, some other solar systems. Become, uh, you know, some um, intergalactic travelers. Now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know summer is near. So you too know when you see all these things, recognize that he is here, he is near, right at the door. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Oh. Oh. Oh, well, why don't why don't we start with why don't we start why don't we start with that? Okay. Okay, unless Jesus is going full blown, like parables on parables on metaphors on metaphors, then I think we're good, unless generation means something I think it doesn't. But it seems like generation would mean um, like the generation, you know. Maybe I'm uh, not reading into it enough. Of course, my footnotes in this Christian Bible are going to give me some Christian context to tell me that that's not the case because that would make the Bible untrue. This, in this generation, and it has some notes on that. This cannot refer to the generation living at the time of Christ. For all these things, the abomination of desolation, the persecutions and judgments, the false prophets and the signs of the heavens, Christ's final return and the gathering of the elect did not take place in their lifetimes. It seems best to interpret Christ's words as a reference to the generation alive at the time when those, uh, sorry, alive at the time when those final hard labor pains begin. So it fit the lesson of the fig tree, which stresses the short span and time in which these things will occur. 
okay, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, some um, some little some little uh, Bible narrations, but they're just saying like, see, that's the thing. Like, it's a little bit of circular reasoning. I get that. Well, it can't actually mean the generation because it didn't happen. And this is Jesus. And Jesus can't be wrong because it's the Bible. And it's infallible. It's never wrong. Look, everything in it is right. What about this thing about the generations? Oh, well, it's probably best to interpret it as the, whichever generation is alive and the labor pains. But listen, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like a little bit of a cop-out to me. I wonder if maybe this happened in some more of a metaphorical way at that time with those disciples. But again, but again, but again, I don't know. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all those things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day and hour, excuse me, Oh, I'm so sorry. I did a little bit of a burp there. I had a hoagie, a little bit of a sub sandwich before I did this episode. I think that was a mistake, especially since we're getting close to an hour in. Let's start over. Let me grab a little bit of this tea. I think that's probably the problem. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father alone. So that's interesting. So there's a lot of, you know, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit stuff, you know, Trinity, Trinity, I was going to say Trilogy and Trinity, Trinity, some Trinity stuff, Trinitarian theology that they're all kind of one, you know, Jesus is God, the Word was with God, Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. But uh, Jesus is saying that, yeah, even, even, even the Son doesn't know, you know, it's just, just God, not even the angels, they don't really know what's going on, just just God, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one will be left. And this is some, um, dude, this is some, some left behind stuff. You ever heard of left behind? That's some, uh, that's some Christian culture. That's some, that's some early 2000s Christian culture. Give me, give me, let me give you a lesson in Christian culture if you don't know anything about it. You're reading a, listening to a Bible podcast. And that's uh, me kind of bullshitting for an hour. So I, I really don't know where you're at. You know, there's no no way to tell. There's no indicators. You're totally off the map. If you're if you made it this far, you made it an hour in into a, a you're probably just you're probably just like a homie, if I had to guess. But anyway, let's listen. Left behind was all about the um kind of the uh oh man, what's it called? It's like the the final days. Tribulation, the how am I not thinking of the word. It's when everyone gets taken up. You know, the Christians, they just get taken out of their clothes. They go straight to heaven. Just, uh, it's like a straight, um, you know, do not go to jail. Do not pass go, whatever. I don't know. It's uh, the rapture. It's called the rapture. Oh man, you probably listening thinking I was crazy. It's the rapture. The rapture happens when all the Christians, and then I think it's, it relies a lot on these couple verses here, but they're saying like, 
No, when Jesus is coming back, listen. And in left, we're talking about Left Behind. Left Behind is the is a book series, and then it's a movie movie series. And then Nick Cage actually recently, with his blossoming career, made a uh, a new a new version of Left Behind. I think it went straight to Netflix. I could be wrong about that, but uh, yeah, new Left Behind. I think it came out in twenty seventeen. And anyway, yeah, the the premise is that they all get uh, taken. You know the plane pilots, some of those Christian God-fearing pilots piloting planes through the sky, they just get uh, taken out their seats, you know, and in the Left Behind series, it just shows them, you know, the clothes in the seats buckle over the clothes, you know, one of the, one of the flight attendants was of the faith, and then suddenly there's now two flight attendants and then one flight attendant uniform in the aisle, and that's confusing. There's car accidents because all these saved people, their cars, they, you know, they've got these Ford Fiestas and they've got these, um, their Dodge Grand Caravans. They were on their way home from Wednesday night youth group and they just, they just plowed through the intersection because the driver, the driver and all her kids, they just uh, go straight to heaven. And this car is still doing 45, doing 45 and a 50 going through an intersection through a red light and boom, you know. A lot of car accidents, just for like a couple seconds though, because you know after a couple seconds everything dies down, except for some of the planes falling out of the sky. But anyway, I'm getting getting off track. That's just what Left Behind is. That's the rapture. But it's it's more of like a. It's not like that's not like that's not super solid theology from my understanding. Like that's kind of like a modern twist on it all. It's taking uh, extrapolating a lot from a couple verses. It's really hard to say what. Um, the Bible would suggest the end times would look like, but left behind kind of paints a picture. Anyway, that's what it's saying here. That's what it's referring to. You know, there'll be two men in the field or uh, whatever it may be, you know. You switch it to modern day times because two women in the field, uh, two men in the field, two women grinding grain. One's gonna be taken, one's gonna be not. It's gonna be two people working the Starbucks drive-through. One of the headsets just gonna disappear. The one running the the espresso machine is is gonna still be there. You know, it's gonna be um, there's gonna be two men working at the public library at the front desk, and one is going to suddenly disappear in the middle of uh, checking in some books, you know. Whatever that modern-day kind of 2021 sort of take on it is, I think that's the first time I said 2021. Um, yeah, it's a new year. That was a tangent. That was, I'm sorry. This is what this Left Behind podcast? Come on. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. So be on your toes, you know. Be on your toes. You don't, you don't know what's going on. He, he might come back tomorrow. He might come back right now, and that's part of the rapture thing. That's part of the left behind thing. Go back to that. I guess I really do want to talk about that a lot. 
Left Behind series, you know, they they portray it. That's the thing. It's just like when you least expect it. When you're flying an airplane, when you're piloting a Dodge Grand Caravan with three children, beautiful children, two in the back, one in the front seat, and the mom's driving through that intersection. You just never know. And so it could be tomorrow. You better be saved today because Jesus might come back tomorrow. Or it could be like in, like 300,000 years from now. We're just not sure. Only God knows, not even not even Jesus knows based on some of these texts. Um, yeah, you do not think he's going to come when he will. Who then is the faithful and the sensible slave? Well, this is, this is a lot. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give him their food at the proper time? That's a sentence. That's a sentence. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give him their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil slave stays, says in his heart, but if that evil slave says in his heart, my master is not coming for a long time and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards, eat and drink with drunkards. Then the master of the slave will come on the day when he does not expect him and at an hour when he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whoa, whoa, this was a long episode. That was kind of a weird paragraph to read. Man. So, so what he's saying there is, listen, if we're, uh, and I'll use the word servants because, uh, man, it's just, anyway, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot these days. Servants is a less loaded word. So anyway, servants, you know, there's, um, if, if, if uh, we're all servants to God and then God comes back or Jesus comes back as it were, and then um, if you're out here, if you're out here at the bar slamming PBRs back, with the boys, he's not going to be vibing with that. You've, after you've beat the other servants, you've not cared for them. But if you, uh, if he just pops back in and you're you're here serving up some fillet of fishes to all these, um, all these other servants, you're doing some good deeds. You're washing their feet, washing their cars. Then, then you're going to be good, you know. He's going to be like, "Whoa, this is how they're taking care of things on on when I was just gone. They didn't even know I was going to come back, and they're just they're just keeping their stuff together. They're really on top of things. And I'm going to give them everything. I'm going to be in charge of all my possessions. Um, and if they if they go south, then um, They're going to cut them into pieces. Jesus is. Jesus is going to cut them into pieces and assign them a place with hypocrites, and that place they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, which is commonly um, referred to as hell. That's the phrase that they use to refer to hell. That's it. Man, that was a long one. Ah, it's getting dark, man. I really, I really liked beginning Jesus. Beginning Jesus was nice. Jesus is has got a strange vibe about him. You know? He is 
He is dramatic. I'm telling you, this is the one thing I can't let go of. Like if Jesus were, like if this character, if this version of Jesus, I'm not talking about like the son of God, you know, infinite Christ. I'm just talking about like if Jesus, the prophet, the dude was around here at these times right now, you know, and he was like, no, listen, this is what it is. Woe to all you hypocrites. Son of God's going to come back at any time. Okay. And he's going to be like, yeah, and there's going to be, oh, drop my mic there. Yeah, that's how I know I should be done. He's going to say like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a couple people working at the Starbucks. One's going to be taken, one's not. Yeah, okay. No, whatever you say, that's cool. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just dark. It's not as fun. Like I, I wish, uh, wish all this text was just fun, but it's not. It's, it takes some understanding. Because one thing, one thing it's confusing, right? It would be one thing if it was like a clear-cut thing that was going to happen. No, listen, I, I promise you, I know it sucks, but the policy we have in place is a little dated, and unfortunately, if I come back and you guys are just, you know, screwing around, dicking around, getting high on recreational marijuana and drinking, drinking alcohol with drinkers, then unfortunately I'm going to cut you into pieces and send you to hell. Like if that was just clear cut, if that was the line, then I'd, I wouldn't even really be mad at that. We're just like, all right, well, then I'm not going to be doing that. But it's ambiguous, right? So you said this 2,000 years ago and we're still waiting? What does that mean? How long are we going to wait? Is this literal hell? These metaphors? You want us just not to be drinking? Or is it like, don't do anything bad? There's a lot of, a lot of ambiguity here. Can we, can we get a little more, more cut and dry? You know, I want like a, an official, official guidebook to the afterlife. That would be nice. The Bible is not that. Jesus is not that. He was, he was all chipper and healing people. And then he just went dark. So I don't know. I hope, um, I hope it gets better, you know? And remember, Jesus has already said that he's going to get killed. So, yeah, that would bum anyone out. That would definitely bum me out. Maybe that's part of it. How's he supposed to be chipper now? How's he supposed to be out healing people? Listen, guys, can we just take a break from all this good Jesus stuff? I'm kind of, kind of down to the dumps right now. Let me tell you about the. Let me tell you about what you shouldn't be doing when I come back the second time. It's interesting, man. It's interesting, and we're gonna learn more. You know, we're gonna. We're going to find out more in the, the next coming chapters. We only got a couple left. We're, I think it's um, four chapters left of Matthew, the entire story of Jesus. And then we got a couple more gospels that we can kick into that also tell a different perspective on the story of Jesus. All those other gospels are like really vibey. I hope it's like Jesus. Yeah, and then Jesus went to Costa Rica and he tried DMT out on the beach. And Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, let it be known that thou who does too much DMT will trip his balls off and will have a bad trip. And they all parted into the sunset. Like that? Okay. 
Tell me about that, Jesus. Yeah, you guys can, like, drink. Just, like, don't get, like, fucked up. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Cool. And you guys know your limits. Like, just be smart about it. Oh, thanks, Jesus. And the Jesus traveled by Virgin Airlines to Kauai, where he set up his little resort. It's like, oh, man, Jesus is vibing out these days, you know? That would be cool. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be some more of this dark stuff. Jesus talking about end times. One's going to be taken, one's not. But it's whatever, you know, it's whatever. And you, you take this all with a grain of salt. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just reading the Bible kind of kind of face value. I've got a little bit of these study notes that I'm working with from uh, just the footnotes in my Bible and then just some context I know from, from different biblical tradition things. And man, I'm not telling you to live any certain way. I'm not telling you to believe any certain thing. I'm just kind of reading it, like taking this in. Because I've heard some of this stuff before. I've heard a lot of it before, but like, you know, you just come at it with fresh eyes and you uh, take a step back and you see like, oh, this is just what it is. This is just Jesus. And you kind of give some new modern perspective on it. And, huh, this is the comparison. This is what he's talking about. Jesus is, Jesus is cool for a while, then he's, he's not for a while. You know, like what if, uh, man, man, what if like you had a friend, you had this homie and he was like during the beginning of your friendship, he was the coolest guy he was chill and he was like, he was kind of high and mighty, but like in a good way. Like he was telling you how to like live a peaceful life. Listen, man, I don't even think you should be like checking out that girl because that's going to screw you up just as almost just as bad as if you, if you cheated on your wife. It's like, man, Jesus, thanks. I appreciate that perspective. I never really thought about it that way. He's like, no problem. Good to see you, man. Like that's that's how your homie is for a while, you know. You call him call him Trevor. Just Trevor, you know. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate that. Because this is your homie. This is an analogy where this is uh, we're talking about like a, an individual from your own life. Thanks, Trevor. And then Trevor does some other stuff. Trevor starts like helping people out. Trevor, you fed four thousand people. Dang, dude, you're like a good dude. Not only do you like smart. Wise, you like also help people out. You're a humble dude. But now he's just going off. Jesus, or Trevor, you know, this is, remember, still Trevor, talking about Trevor. And then, you know, you've known Trevor for about eight years and he's like this good dude. And then um, a couple of years go by and he kind of starts to, starts to go dark. You know, you go to, you go to church with Trevor, actually. That's where you met him. You met him at church. And one day you go into like the, the main church, and he just goes crazy, starts whipping people and flipping tables and accusing of all these people. And then he starts arguing with the head pastors, like not even just the head pastors at your church. He starts going out to other churches and starts shitting on the head pastors. Damn, Trevor, like you're kind of, kind of blowing your chill right now, you know? You're a good hang. Why can't you just go back doing good things? But no, he just, he just starts chopping people up, you know? Not literally, but just like he's chopping people down. Listen, you hypocrites. You go into the big me mega churches or even the small churches. I don't give a fuck, you know? Trevor's just running in. He's just telling people what he feels. Listen, you hypocrites. Woe is you. Damn, Trevor, can you just... Oh, can you just chill? Oh, my God, you're like crazy. You're crazy, Trevor. 
Not even the son of God or his angels knows when the days are. Trevor, what are you talking about, man? Only God knows the final. There will be two working at Starbucks. One is going to be taken. Trevor, oh, man. You don't get it. Like, this is... This is not normal. You're really going off. And then, like, that's that's how, like, how do you remember him then, you know? Do you remember him as this great guy? You know, as this good guy? Or do you remember him kind of as this crazy person, you know? he was, Or this aggressive person. He's kind of like an aggressor now. And it's all, like, in good, it's all for goodness, but it's also kind of for, for badness, you know? It's also for some darkness. There's some darkness there. It's not, like, in an evil dark sort of way, but just, like, a heavy sort of, like, Man, really going through some shit. So I don't know, like as far as we can tell right now, I don't remember how this ties up. You know, I don't remember exactly what ties up with Jesus, but you know, he started started chipper dude and now he's uh things are just changing. He's a changed person, so man, I don't know. I'm excited to watch this finish out. And I appreciate you joining me on this journey. I hope this uh, next episode's a lot more fun. Hope it's a good time. I hope you have a good week. You know, I really do a real, really like. I really do appreciate you, you listening all the way through. That does mean a lot. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut it off right there. I love you. I'll check in with you soon. Tune in next time. We're gonna get into uh, the parable of ten virgins. That's the. Uh, that's the headline for the chapter, Matthew chapter 25. So you, you're definitely going to want to know what that's about. But anyway, I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll chat with you soon, okay? Sounds good. Take care. All right.